is needed in this day and time, it is some young people that are willing to serve God. Yes, sir. And I sit here and I thought and I, you know, I kind of, I don't want to say I wrestled with this message very much. It was really the Lord just laid it on my heart and, and whether you're young or whether you're older, it ain't going to matter. Amen. Amen. But I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, young people, I appreciate you all. Yes, sir. I appreciate you all just willing to sing. You have no idea how hard it is for a young person to step out in faith. Amen. But if you got your Bibles, turn to the book of 1 Kings chapter number 18. I don't want to be long. I just want to give you what the Lord's put on my heart. And here's what I will say every time I say that I don't want to be long, I'm long. So y'all just hang in there, all right? Amen. Now, I don't, I don't preach nearly as long as I used to. Praise God for that. Amen. <laughs> First Kings chapter number 18, we'll read a few verses and then we'll just get into the message tonight. And the Bible says in verse number 21, And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt you between two opinions? Man, if there was ever a message, Brother Craig, it needed to be preached in 2023. How long are God's people going to stand between two places? Amen. But he said, How long halt you between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him, not a word. That's exactly what would happen in this day and time. <laughs> then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I, only remain a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks. Let them choose one bullock for themselves and cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood and put no fire under, and I will dress the other bullock and lay it on wood and put no fire under. And call ye on the name of your little g-gods. That's important. Amen. You got your Bibles, I mean, if you got your Bibles out there, get you a pen and, and see, capitalizations are, are an important thing in the Bible. Uh, but your little G gods, and I will call on the name of the big L Lord. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Now watch this. And the big G God yes, sir. That's good. that answereth by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. Now I'm just going to skip down a few verses. We'll, we'll come back here for some context. But come on down into verse number 30. And the Bible says, And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar as great as would contain two measures of seed. I'm going to stop reading there just for the sake of time, but don't worry, we're going to cover about seven or eight verses here. Um, I'm, I'm a creature of habit. That's how I can tell you evolution is the biggest junk that's ever been pushed out in schools today. If you are a creature of habit, habit and evolution don't go hand in hand. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Father, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, we come to you. And Lord, we just ask you now during the preaching hour, God, I'd pray that you would just cleanse my mind, my mouth, my lips, and my heart. Help me to just preach what thus saith the Lord. I'm so thankful for, for this church and, and Pastor Craig and, and Pastor Cody, and I'm especially thankful for all of these young people that are just wanting to stand for Jesus and, and wanting to worship you and praise you freely and openly. And it's just such a blessing to me. I pray now, God, that hearts would be touched 
that lives would be changed, Lord, because you know that I, I can't do a thing, but it'll simply be the Word of God and the Spirit of God that'll do the work. So, Lord, we ask you by the time we leave here, let us not leave here the same way we came. We love you, we thank you, in Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen. I want to preach on this very, very simple thought, building up what has been broken down. And I'm going to back up here and into the in about 25 through 30, somewhere around in there in these, in these uh, verses of Scripture here. And, and what we see by way of context is that uh, the prophet Elijah came to the people of God and the prophets of Baal were all there and they're at this place called Carmel. On Mount Carmel is where Elijah got to see something that very few people nowadays even would understand by reading the Bible. Because what you have to understand and what we're going to talk about and preach about, what the Word of God is going to show us tonight, is there are some things that have to happen before you can ever see what Elijah saw. Amen. And very few people, Brother Craig, can I ever say that. How many of y'all have seen just the absolute power of God in your life lately? I see some heads shaking, but I see some people that are sitting still tonight. (laughs) And what I want you to understand is you can see exactly the power of God like Elijah saw. Yes, sir. Now, you may not, when we get to the end of this, you may not see it in the sense that Elijah saw it, but God's power is no different than what it was. I want to give you just three simple points right here. But by way of context, we understand if you've studied your Bible that, that uh, Elijah calls the people to him and, and he, he, he gives this challenge to the false prophets of the day, the prophets of Baal. And he says, look, you guys take a bullock, you cut it up, you lay it out, you call on your little G-gods and you go through your whole ritual. And I tell you what, I'm going to do the same. And the God, the big G God that will answer by fire, let Him be God. Amen. But by the time that this challenge is over with, we're going to find out who's really God. There's not going to be a question. There's not going to be a doubt. You can go and you can call on the name of Baal. And I'm going to call on the name of the big L Lord. And by the time this is all set out. And by the time this is all settled. And by the time this is all done. There's not one person that's going to have a doubt of who God really is. So we see here that the prophets of Baal, they go through their ritual and they cut up the bullock and they do their thing and they dance on the altars and they tear the altars down and they call on the name of Baal all the way up until noon. And then what you see is you see the prophet Elijah being the smart aleck that he was. And I love it. Because, hey, he said maybe he is a god, but maybe he's asleep. Maybe he took a journey, but maybe he needs to be awake. Whatever it is, you keep doing what you're doing and let's see if he really shows up. Amen. Amen. And they, the, what, had, what had happened is they got so mad, they started to cut themselves. Yes. <laughs> they started letting the blood go. That's right. Thinking that them cutting themselves and bleeding their own blood out was going to do anything for them. Right. Like that blood was so precious that their false God was going to show up. Amen. And then Elijah says. Here's where we're going to do. So y'all have called on the name of Baal all the way till the evening sacrifice. Now get out of the way, it's my turn. (laughs) And he called all of God's people together. And he said, come unto me. You know what they did? They came unto him. 
And they showed up and they all circled around and he, this is what he did. It says he repaired the altar of the Lord. Amen. Now watch this. Don't mistake this. The next four words are very important. That's good, that was broken down. Yes. I wonder how many people in here tonight would say, you know, if you've ever done a study on the altar, I was blessed. I've helped teach Sunday school there at the church with Brother Josh. And, and it just so happened that one of the lessons I got to teach on was the altar. And I always thought that, that this was the only altar I'd ever known, Brother Craig. But when you get back into the Old Testament and you start doing some studying, there's a lot of different importance to the altar. That's right. You see that the altar was a place of sacrifice. Right. But you also see that the altar was a place of worship. Amen. Further, you see that the altar was a place of communion. Yes, yes sir. That's good, preacher. So when Elijah came here and he said, Man, this thing's broken down. Before I ever do anything, i got to repair what's been torn down. Yeah. And I want us to, I don't know where you are tonight, but let me just go ahead and be completely transparent with you. My altar's been broken down before. Amen. That communion between you and God, between me and God, it's been broken down before. Amen. But the, how many of y'all believe that God is a God of order? Yes. Well, God bless five of you. How many of you believe that the Bible is God's inspired word? Yes. Amen. So guess what? If you believe that the Bible is God's inspired word, He ain't going to put anything in there out of order. Amen. Now watch this. I'm going to give you three things that we're going to call today. Amen. Somebody say amen. Amen. Last time a church didn't say amen when I said three. The next time I come back, I gave them five. <laughs> we see here that there's a prerequisite. If you're going to build something back up that's already been torn down, there has to be a prerequisite in how everything has to happen. Right. Amen. We see here in verse number 32, and with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. See, the first prerequisite to building back up that which is broken down is it has to be done in the name yes. of the Lord. Amen. If it's done in the name of yourself, if it's done in the name of your family, if it's done in the name of your money or your job or even the name yes. of the church, I can tell you right now that it'll come to naught because right. the only things that can be built that'll never be torn down are the things that are built in the name yes. of God. Now how many times have I tried to build something with my own name on it, Brother Craig? How many times have I done something in the name of Brian McGrady and all I've got to do is I've got to watch it be torn down again because it's not my name that needs to be right. lifted. It's the King of Kings. Yes. It's the Lord of Lords. Hey, He's Amen. the great I Am. He's the Lily of the Valley. He's the bright yes. morning star. He's the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega. Hey, my name isn't going to yes. mean a thing, but He's been given a name that's above every name. That at that name, at that name of Jesus, every Can I show y'all something just real quick before I move on? Here's, here's, here's just a little golden nugget. I love golden nuggets. 
When you back up into verse number 30 and it says he repaired the altar of the Lord. See, the altar is already the Lord's. Amen. So that altar in your life, the Lord didn't tear it down, you did. Right. Amen. Y'all with me? The Lord set up that altar for communion with you and Him. He set that place up for you to be able to come to Him and pray and cast your cares on Him and leave your burdens there. He did that for you, but the very thing of it is, it's not Him that tears these things down. It's you and it's I. It's our instabilities. It's uh, It's our thoughts. It's our imaginations. It's everything that we try to put in front of God is the very thing that will tear that thing down. Amen. Amen. Now we see here in verse number 32, and it says, And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar, as great as would contain two measures of seed. This altar in your life, well, don't get me wrong, we're still in the prerequisite. We ain't even got into point number two yet. We'll call this one B. This has to be a separated. Yes, sir. That's right. And so many times, here's what happens. I can tell you this from experience. When that altar, that communion place with you and God, when it gets so convoluted with the worldly things that you try to bring into it, that's what starts tearing it down. Right. My thoughts, my ideologies, uh, uh, my what I like to go do, Uh, what I think about things, things that aren't even related to God. Those are the things that will tear that altar down. But Elijah did this. He built it in the name of the Lord. He dug a trench about it, meaning that altar was separate from everything around it. How many of you all have an altar in your life, in your house, I've always heard the term prayer closet. And I see that in the, in the Gospels when he says, Enter into thy closet. And what the Father seeth in secret, he will reward thee openly. But how many of us actually have that secret place? Amen. That place you can go and get along with God. Right. Amen. Now how many of you, and here's the problem, not everybody has a place that you can do that. Mine is my study, but you walk right through the front door into my study. It's not really a secret place. Everybody walks through. (laughs) And can I tell you where I have struggled at in my own prayer life? Over the past several months, my prayer life has been an absolute wreck. Y'all ever been there? Amen. Hey, I got a lot more head nods that time, so now now I feel like I'm talking to some people. (laughs) Amen. But you come to that place where it seems like you can't get a hold of God. Right. It seems like God is a million miles away from you. How many of you young people, you say, man, I, I just struggle with prayer. I just, I try, I just try to get down on my knees. I try to pray. I try to go and get along with God, but it's so hard. Yes. Amen. When you try to get into that secret place, how much of your worldliness is in there with you? Amen. Now see right now, Brother Craig, you could come into my study, which is supposed to be my secret place. And what you'll find when you walk in there, I've got fishing stuff in there. Maybe. I've got AV stuff in there where I've been working at the church. Help, you know, helping with live feed cameras and TVs and all this stuff. Brother, I got more RJ45 connectors over there. I could sling them things like uh, confetti. 
downstairs in my study. Or if if y'all don't know what that is, the, the little computer table that's the pins. Okay. There you go. Amen. But I got all of this stuff down there that has nothing to do with God. Come on, preacher. And I sit there, Miss Amber, I went down to my study today and I, I laid my Bible out and I was I was praying and, and I got this prayer pillow and I was just wrapping up and man, when I opened my eyes, I just looked around and I said, My land for a bunch of junk. This place has to be a separated place. Right. And when you want to go in and meet with God in a place that is jumped up, it's hard for God to meet with you. Amen, Charlie. So let us take this. As part of a prerequisite, if we're going to build back up this altar that's been torn down, number one, it's got to be in the name of God. And number right. two, it's got to be separated. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Hey, y'all hang in there with me. I'm going to give you something good now. We're still in prerequisite. Now we're on 1C, okay? Verse 33 says this, And he put the wood in order and cut the bullock in pieces and laid him on the wood and said, Fill four barrels with water. That's important. And pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, Do it a second time. And they did it the second time. And he said, Do it the third time. And they did it the third time. And the water ran about the altar and he filled the trench also with water. Hmm. Did y'all... Did I tell y'all by way of introduction that they're in the middle of a drought? Amen. Where'd they find the water? Amen. I've wondered that too. Because if y'all remember, he left Cherith because the brook dried up. Now he's on the mountain and there ain't no water up there either. So where'd they get the water? You want me to tell you what is a prerequisite to building this thing back up? I'm pretty sure it says somewhere in the Bible, it says, faith is the evidence of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Amen. Amen. I don't know, I feel like I feel like I'm talking to some people now. I, I, I got a little squeeze right there, so I feel like maybe I just need to preach on faith for a little bit. Come on, Amen. Hey, I don't have to preach on your lack of faith because I've had plenty of my own. <laughs> Amen. But here's the thing. If we're going to build this thing back up in the name of God and have this place separated, we have to have enough faith to do the things that He's told us yes. to do and just trust that He's going to move the way that He says He's going to move. That He's going to do the things that He says He's going to right. do. Hey, if He's going to do it for you, you've got to have faith. Amen. The one thing I've always been challenged on is my lack of faith. Yes, sir. See, I can have faith for you. I was talking to uh, one of the guys there at the church, Brother Chad, and he was testifying this morning, and he was saying, you know, his grandbaby or his daughter-in-law is 28 weeks pregnant. And they thought that, I mean, she had severe complications. She was put in the hospital immediately. They thought they were going to have to go in and take the baby. And he stood up and testified this morning. He said, you know what? When God's people just has faith, and they call on God, God shows up. The doctors, all they can do is walk in and they say, Man, it was here yesterday, but it ain't here today. Amen. The nurse told that lady, You'll not be going home until that baby's born. 
That came home today. Amen. Do you want to know where that came from? That, one, that came from some people that had faith. That had faith. See, I, I can have enough faith for you that God will move on your behalf. It's a problem when I thank God or have faith for God to move on my own behalf. Come on, preacher. Amen. But Elijah said, fill, that, fill them barrels. Fill them four barrels. Pour it out on the sacrifice. And do it again. And do it again. Hey, I want you in the middle of this drought. I want you to soak that thing so hard. A spark ain't going to light it. I mean, I'm telling you, you can throw a torch at it, and it's not going to do it. But I tell you what, what you're going to see here in a minute is when God shows it. That there's nobody that can deny it. You can't deny it, and you can't deny it. Your lack of faith can't deny it. But when God shows up, everybody knows. So we see there's a prerequisite. Then we see, here's where we, here's where we get back to. Then we see the prayer. We see the prerequisite, we see the prayer. Verse number 36, When it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Can I tell you right here in verse number 36 and verse number 37? How many of y'all? Brother Craig, some of my best prayer time with the Lord, I couldn't get out much. It ain't about how much you say. It's about what you say when you go in there. You realize that Elijah prayed 63 words. But there's three things that Elijah said. He says there's a plea. There's a plea in Elijah's prayer. Right. Mm. Lord God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, let this people know that you're the Lord. When was the last time you prayed and said, you know what? I just want my life. When people look at me, I want people to know that the Lord yes. has done the work. Right. I've had people come up to me since I've been saved and they say, man, I just can't believe how much you've changed. I can't believe, hey, I'm fatter, I'm going bald. Amen. Amen. That's just part of life. Hallelujah. But they come up to me and they say, I can't believe how much you've changed. I said, I didn't change a thing. Bless the preacher. Amen. I said, God did the work. Yes. I can't do what God has done in my life. Right. I can't take an old hillbilly from up a holler over on Mud River. I mean, one that loved dope, one that loved liquor, one that loved alcohol. I mean, I loved everything that the world had to offer. There was nobody that had to teach me how to sin. I was a sinner, and I was good at it, and I enjoyed it. Amen. Amen. I couldn't make that change. No matter how good I tried to be, no matter how much I tried to change my own life, I couldn't do it. Right. But he did. Yes, Amen. Amen. Let it be known that thou art God. See, that's the plea. Yes. Then we see the position. There's a plea, there's a position. Right. See, here's the prayer. Let it be known that you are God. But that I am your servant. Yes. See, I'm nobody. Brother Craig's nobody. Brother Cody's nobody. 
Everybody in here, we are nobody, but God is God and we are servants. That is the position that we have to take if this thing is going to be built back up from the ground up. Amen? There's a position. Then there's a people. See, so many times our prayers are selfish. Y'all just You're say, right. Man, the only time I get in there and pray is when I pray for myself. Come on, preacher. Amen. Don't worry. I get stern looks from our youth all the time. Y'all ain't facing me tonight. Amen. Here's the thing. Ministry is about people. Yes. The gospel is about people. Yes. Salvation is about people. It's this good. whole thing, it ain't about you. It's it good. ain't about me. Amen. But it's about a lost and dying world. How many of y'all got lost, man? Everybody in the building's got lost family. When was the last time you prayed? Right. Or was the last time you came out? I'm sorry. I mean, I don't mean to come in here. And, You're fine. Uh, hey, I'd love to come in here. Man, just shout it out. I love to kick and scream and, and spit and slobber and everything else. But when God gives you something, you just got to roll with it. Maybe I'm Amen. not preaching to anybody in here tonight. Maybe I'm just preaching to Brother Ryan tonight. And I tell you what, there's been many a times I've mounted a pulpit and I ain't preached to nobody but myself. So hallelujah to God. If it don't hit you, it's hitting me right now. Amen. When was the last time we put ourselves aside? You want me to tell you when I've seen when I've been the most blessed is when I've put myself aside and I've focused on everybody else. Amen. Your problem. I want to bear your burdens. I want to help you carry your load. Hey, I want to help you pray for your lost family and your lost children and grandchildren. Hey, I want to help you. But I tell you Amen. what, there's so many times that when my altar's broken down, I don't care about your lost people. I don't care about your needs, your desires, and your wants. And maybe tonight, Maybe, just maybe, we need to build up our altar so we get out of our prideful and our selfish state of mind. Yes. Amen. Now let's go 38-39 and I'm done. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said this, The Lord, He is the God. He didn't say he, they didn't say He is a God. Amen. They said He is the God. The Lord, He is the God. See, there's two things we see here in verse 38 and verse 39. We see the power of God. How many of y'all have physically seen fire fall from the sky? No so Elijah saw the true, undeniable power of God. Yes. How many of y'all have seen God do miraculous things in your life? I've seen several hands. You've seen something big, sir. You threw your hand up as high as you could get it. Amen. That's what I like. Hey, I've seen the power of God. <laughs> Can I testify to you? Go ahead. Brother Craig, I can't remember if you was there or not. You may have been there. I mean, hadn't got out of bed just to go to the bathroom that was evening. Brother Jackie was so broke. And he said, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'll tell you what, there was a group of men that says, we'll be over there at 6 o'clock tomorrow evening. Yeah. I got off of work. I was the last one there. I thought I was early. I got there at 5.30. Everybody was already there. And I remember I walked into that place. 
preach another hour. You know how us men are. We like to talk. Hey, there we go. Getting trained up, Go Keep going, brother. Keep going. We walk in and everybody's just sitting there talking. We talk about nothing. We talk about fishing. We talk about sports. We talk about everything under the sun. And I remember Brother Robert sitting over there on that couch. He never spoke a word the whole time. He said, men, he said, we come here to pray. Yes. Amen. He said, it's time to pray. I can't handle it no more. This is what I saw. And I was so thankful to see this. I mean, I haven't been called a preacher for just a couple months. And the Lord allowed me to be a part of this. Come on, preacher. We laid down on that floor. I mean, there was people that had her arms, her hands, her ankles, her feet, whatever they could grab a hold of. We anointed her with oil. And we began to call on God. Here's the amazing thing. That was on Tuesday. I remember it well. Tuesday night we left. And I said, well, we just slapped some oil on her. And we left and we prayed and we left and nothing. She was still in the recliner. Everything was still the same. And about an hour later, we got a group message that says, she's in there in the kitchen doing dishes. And I'm like, glory to God. And I sit there and I'm like, okay, all right. I'm a young Christian. I, hey, I'm still a young Christian. I don't know nothing. Amen. But it was the next day. It was the next yes, sir. Right. That Wednesday night, she walked into the church house. We hadn't seen her in six months. And she walked in, and she didn't just come in and sit down. She come in and jumped right up there with Brother Jackie on the piano, and she started singing. Amen. And I tell you what, if you'd ever heard Sister Margot sing, yes. you could tell she had the voice of an angel. And I tell you what, she had the power of God behind her. And when she jumped up there, she started singing. I don't even remember what she sang. But I can tell you what, when she got up there and sang, that place blew apart. Amen. But it was that night that I saw the Power yes. of God was real. There was no un there was no Amen. You can say, well, that was just coincidence. No, it wasn't. I can tell you what, if you believe in coincidence, you don't believe in God. Amen. Because ain't no coincidence with God. Right. You see the power of God. They saw the fire fall. Bless you, preacher. Now I want to show you the power of prayer. Look at verse 39 real close. Now let's go back. While y'all were looking at verse 39, I'm going to back up to the prayer of Elijah. And just hear the, the last part of his 63-word prayer. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and, thou, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Now what's verse 39 say? And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces, and they said, The Lord, he is the God. The Lord, He is the God. That's answer to prayer. Amen. It's because the last part of His prayer was to say that this people would know there's not going to be any denying it, there's not going to be any doubt, there's not going to be any conflict, there's not going to be any way that anybody can say anything against it. Now what happened right there? They said, I mean public profession. Amen. The Lord, the big L Lord, He is the God. Yes. 
before the power. Prayer came before the power. Do you know what came before the prayer? The prerequisite. Yes, sir. See, that we, so many times we think that it's just going to happen the way we want it to happen and the timing we want it to happen and how we want it to happen. God's laid out some things in order. Right. Because he's not a God of chaos. Right. He is the God of order. And I don't know who you are here tonight. We get somebody to come and give us a song of invitation. I just want to ask the question in here tonight. With every head bowed and every eye closed. How many of you would just say, Brother Ryan, my altar's been broken down for a little while. Is that you in here tonight? God bless that hand. Anybody else in here tonight say, Preacher, my altar's broken down. I see that hand. God bless you. But here's the thing. Some of us want to say that our altar is not broken down. Either one because, and this is not be being negative, this is just what I've seen and experienced because you're either self-righteous or because you're prideful and you don't want to admit because you don't want people to think, man, I'm, I'm just not where I need to be. Let me tell you, if everybody was where they needed to be all the time, we wouldn't be human. But here's what I want to ask those hands tonight, those of you that said, Brother Ryan, my altar's been broken down. How, would you be able to step outside of yourself? Brother, would you play softly for me there just for a minute? Would you just be able to step outside of yourself and say, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to be like this anymore. I don't want to keep going in this place where I don't see the power or the presence of God in my heart. It's been so hard to pray, and I'm not getting answers. It's so hard to do these things. But because I don't get outside of myself, people are making their way to the altar. I'm going to get out of the way. I just want to ask tonight. I mean, they say, hey, you know what? My altar's fine. But I tell you what, preacher, I just desire your prayers. I just want to say this. This altar up here is open. And I tell you what, maybe tonight is the night that you could rebuild what's been broken down. Brother, you go ahead and sing. And I'm going to turn this mic off and I'm just going to get down here and pray.